This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. Welcome to Cartoons, a celebration of the music and artists we love to listen to in the car. Welcome back to Cartoons, where we celebrate the legends of Alberta's music scene and their music you've loved to listen to in your car over the years. I'm Paul Brandt, and today we're paying tribute to a true icon of Canadian music, Ian Tyson. His songs have captured the essence of the Canadian West, and his influence on the music industry is immeasurable. I've even got a special story about Ian and I that I'll share with you later. So stay tuned to Cartoons. He'll always be Alberta's child. Yes, he will. Ian Tyson's story begins in the foothills of the Rockies, a landscape that would deeply influence his music. Born in Victoria, British Columbia in 1933, Tyson moved to Alberta in his youth where his love for the cowboy lifestyle and Western music took root. We had radio, and radio was a big, big thing. You know, the first country song, a real, I remember the song, Wreck on the Highway by Roy Acuff, and it blew my mind completely. I heard the crash on the highway, but I didn't hear nobody pray. I'd never heard a sound like that. I mean, I was singing to the cows and the chickens and the, you know. Tyson's early career was marked by his partnership with Sylvia Fricker, a folk artist who was performing at a party one of Ian's friends attended who told him about her. Soon after they met, they decided to form the duo Ian and Sylvia. Their sound resonated with audiences, but it was their song, Four Strong Winds, released in 1963, a year before they would be married, that became a defining moment in Canadian music history. Folk songwriting explosion started in the early 60s down in Greenwich Village. All those things that don't change, come what may. Four Strong Winds has been hailed as one of the greatest Canadian songs. Ian shares inspiration behind this timeless classic. Dylan was there, of course, uh, on McDougal Street with us, and we were all there. There was Tom Paxton and Peter Paul and Mary, and we all played at this place called Gertie's Folk City, which was over near NYU. And one rainy afternoon, he came in and sang me a song, and I say that it's blown in the wind. I started to get it a little bit, because I thought the imagery was really good, and I thought, I bet I could do that because the ignorance of, of na- naivete, you know. So I phoned up Albert Grossman, our manager, and I said, can I use your apartment this afternoon to try and write a song? And he said, sure. And he had a little apartment over on the east side, and then I went over there, and I wrote Four Strong Winds in about half an hour. That's how it happened. All you can say about the first song is there's such a headwaters of experiences of your life, you know, that's been untapped, you know. So your chances are, you know, with, with that untried, untested, all that stuff, whether you're, you know, 25 or 35, whatever, your chances are pretty good at writing something decent. Throughout the 1960s and 70s, Ian Tyson became synonymous with Canadian folk and country music. There's a young man that I know. Judy Collins was responsible for that song becoming successful. Well, actually, 
Her boyfriend at the time was Stephen Stills, you know, of, of uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash and Young. Very creative guy, but he loved the song, and he tried to get Judy, who was hot then, to record it, and she wasn't interested. But he, uh, they were lovers, and so he uh, induced her to, to cut it, and she cut it, and it slowly took off as a standard. It was a huge hit. It's time to call on an old and dear friend. This lady took this song of mine and made it real famous, and I sure thank her for that. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Someday Soon and Miss Judy Collins. Bring her on. But that song was written in Sylvia, Sylvia Tyson's 6-4 Cold Water Walk-Up, right down in uh, the Lower East Side of Manhattan, right down near the Williamsburg Bridge. She loved that place. They had cockroaches that I couldn't saddle. He and Sylvia released a series of successful albums before parting ways in 1975. Ian then embraced his cowboy roots, transitioning to a more country and western style. And they cast their fate to the fade and the half a mile of After Ian and Sylvia came to a close as a duo, Ian delved deeper into cowboy roots. Ian talks about exploring this genre more fully. You know, when you get past 30, and you want to make your living at it, you got to uh, be prepared to uh, expose some of those skeletons, you know, in your closet and in your family's closet. In the process, you might, uh, people sometimes get hurt and so on and so forth, but that's what you got to do. And then the other thing, and the older you get, it's like the realtor says, location, location, location. The songwriter, the writer is read, read, read. That's the deal. Read. In 1987, Ian Tyson released Cowboyography, an album that became a cornerstone in the world of cowboy music. With songs like Navajo Rug and Summer Wages, Ian not only paid homage to the cowboy lifestyle, but also crafted narratives that resonated with audiences far and wide. I, 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 Ian shares about the creation of the album Cowboyography and its impact on his career. I think the, the relevance of cowboy culture can be judged in its art. Storytelling goes back uh, as far as fire. You know, one man was uh, discovered fire and was cooking some woolly mammoth in the cave. I mean, they, they were telling stories while they were waiting for the for the mammoth to get medium rare, you know. So it goes back a long way, and uh, um, it, it defines a culture, I, I believe. Ian Tyson's influence extended beyond his own music. He was a mentor to many and a champion of traditional cowboy culture. His dedication to preserving this heritage was evident in his performances and his support of emerging artists. Follow your dream and, and uh, work to uh, try to make it happen. Work hard to try to make it happen and, and, and uh, be, of, be of good cheer and, 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 be, and, to, and speak the truth.
I guess it was Hank, you know, Hank said, uh, Hank Williams said, you know, heartbreak sure as hell don't hurt your songwriting. He's right. I'm having a period of time now that I'm enjoying writing a lot. It's kind of my life, my, I'm, the lifeline I'm holding on to. It's never gonna be the same again. And it seems we're always saying goodbye. Ian Tyson's passing in September 2022 marked the end of an era. His legacy, however, continues to inspire musicians and fans alike. His contribution to music and his embodiment of the Western spirit have made him a beloved figure in Canadian culture. The loss of Ian Tyson was a profound loss for the music world. His songs, especially Four Strong Winds, will forever be a part of Canada's musical heritage. Ian's music has been a soundtrack to many lives, including mine. His legacy will continue to inspire and resonate with generations to come. I'll never forget the day when Ian Tyson walked out on stage at my homecoming concert at the Calgary Saddledome. For me, this was a small town dream come true for a young country singer whose first song ever learned on the guitar was Four Strong Winds. I'll cherish the memory, and I recall Ian with a big smile on his face saying to me and my band, I sing it a little bit 60s and you do it a bit 90s. Years later, as I sang in tribute to him in front of a gathering of friends and neighbors at the Twin City Saloon in Longview, Alberta, that memory would be bittersweet. In the years leading up to his passing, Ian continued to perform, write, and share his love for the cowboy way of life. His final albums and performances were testaments to his enduring talent and passion for music. A reflection to our listeners here on Cartoons, those who were touched by Ian Tyson's music. What memories do you hold dear? How has his music influenced your life? Cowboy pride will always get a man through But sometimes it makes a fool of Good women are hard to find Talking about the faithful kind Ian Tyson's journey from a folk artist to a cowboy legend is a story of authenticity, perseverance, and deep connection to the roots of Canadian culture. His songs are not just melodies, they're narratives of a life lived close to the land and the heart. an idea or a podcast to share send it to us here at discovery the radio show for podcasters on 1059 the region I took the let's start with jan arden born in calgary in 1962 her journey is as compelling as the words in her songs. Jan's music, known for its emotive lyricism and soul-stirring melodies, has touched the hearts of many. Her road to success was filled with perseverance and resilience. She's spoken over the years about a troubled family life and overcoming a history of addiction. Music saved me. It saved me from my demise that would not have been good. I've made so many mistakes. I've hurt people. I've hurt my own body. I was drunk for a long time. It's taken me probably the last three or four years to reconcile how much I drank. 
it still shocks me. Like, it really does. I'm like, what was I thinking? You get into the state of denial where you really can go to bed at night, like half plastered, and go, I only had seven drinks, and qualify that as normal behavior. So coming out the other side of that, of course I'm filled with gratitude. I could have killed myself. I could have injured other people just driving. And I always say to people now, if you think you drink too much, you are drinking too much. I spent my youth and my 20s and my 30s not wanting to be like my dad. And I turned out like my dad. My older brother's been in jail for 27 years. So his journey with my dad's alcoholism was far different than mine. I think music just kept picking me up and dusting me off and setting me back on a road. And my brother Dre just, he just wanted to please my dad and he just succumbed to it, the disease and pills. And he, he always wanted my dad's approval. And I think it's much different for boys than girls. I don't know what, I, but I had the wherewithal to go into the basement, stay out of his way. I got my record deal and he was charged with first degree murder in the same month. How do a set of parents navigate that? And I have to preface this all by saying that my brother has always maintained his innocence. And I believe him. Jan's breakthrough hit, Insensitive, is a perfect example of her ability to connect with listeners. Here she is talking about hearing Insensitive that initial time and how the experience influenced her career. You know, you never know when you're going to have a moment that changes your whole life. You wake up on an ordinary day and all of a sudden something happens in the entire direction and course of your life changes. I remember one particular moment for me, I was kind of down and out. It was before I had my record deal and I remember walking down my street, 23rd Street in Calgary. I was living in a really crummy basement suite apartment. And I went out and I was going to go buy something to eat or I don't even know what I was doing. but. About halfway down the block, I heard this piano music coming out of this little apartment. And I stood there for the longest time, just kind of strained to hear what it was. And there was a young woman down in her little cubbyhole, and she was playing insensitive. Her name was Anne Marie, and she had written this song. And I felt a bit voyeuristic, because I just stood there and strained to hear it. And it was a really slow very depressing version of this song, but I just thought, that is a great song. I suspected, like, she was a little bit depressed like me and quite possibly drinking in the afternoons. <laughs> and I thought she could, you know, more than likely be a kindred spirit. Anyway, some time went by and I ran into her at a little place called Marty's a while after that. And I said, Anne, you know, I've been close to you. I heard your, what, I heard your song. I said, what are you doing with your songs? And she said, nothing. Um, I got a record deal shortly after that, and on my first album, Time for Mercy, I wanted desperately to put Insensitive on it. But my record company said that I had too many ballads. So I waited another two, two years, two and a half years, to take Insensitive and Lurie's song and put it on Living Under June. And it changed my life in ways that I could never even have imagined. And it changed Anne's life a lot too. Um, she moved out of her little basement suite apartment, she bought a house. And she told me that she also bought some new boots. <laughs> anyway, you never know when the moment's gonna come. So you gotta make sure that you're listening for it. Cause that moment changed my life forever. Well, I really should have known by the time you 
frequently asked question, do you ever get sick of singing insensitive? No, I do not. I don't. Jan's career has spanned over decades with each of her 12 studio albums and 40 singles revealing more of her personal journey. Her recent work, both as a songwriter, an author of several books, and a leader in truth-telling, continues to showcase her honest portrayal of life's up and downs, resonating with fans across generations. I think we always have to be prepared to fly our arrows. Face forward, you face into the sun, and you cannot be afraid of failing, no matter what your job is, no matter what your station is in life. I think failing is a human necessity. It's the only way we get better. It's the only way we learn. And it's not the end of the world. It's just failing. I think the bigger tragedy in life is not failing. It's not trying. I like having a purposeful life and I like doing a lot of different things. I'm not great at any of them. I'm okay. I'm not Adele. I'm not Joni Mitchell. But you know what? I sing and I write songs. I do it my own way. And that's what you have as an individual is your point of view. And that's what people want to listen to. That's what they want to hook their wagon to. They don't want a reasonable facsimile. They don't want someone trying to be like this. They want someone who knows who they are and what they have to say is valuable. And so having said that, I'm always prepared to fly my arrows. I'm never afraid of missing my mark or not hitting the target. Jan's ability to remain authentic and inspiring through life's challenges is admirable. She shares what it was like caring for her mother and father, diagnosed with Alzheimer's and dementia at the same time. He had rallied many times. I thought he'll come around. And uh, my little brother's like, no, I don't think so this time. I mean, he was unconscious. They were giving him morphine, but it was the most god-awful thing I've ever seen. My mother, sitting in the corner, said, would it kill them to give him a lozenge? She had no idea. Alzheimer's is a gift in that department. She wasn't crying or anything. And I had this feeling in the pit of my stomach, and I thought, this just isn't forgetting where your car is parked. This just isn't forgetting how to set the clock radio or little banal things that happen in day-to-day -day life. This is, something's wrong. I was actually really scared. And I'd always kind of written journals, but I'd never written about my folks, because I, of course, am in denial completely about any of this happening, that they're gonna get better. And I wrote it down, just that this stuff was going on. I can't even remember the first entry, but I know my office called me the next day and they said, have you noticed what's going on with your Facebook page? Basically, a million people have seen your entry. And I just was shocked. And along with that, we had 4,000 comments. And it hit me for the first time. I bawled my head off trying to read through them because it made my problem seem so insignificant. forget me at some point.
Now a best-selling author, singer-songwriter, member of Canada's Music Hall of Fame, and star of her own TV sitcom, Jan Arden recently released her first novel of fiction called The Biddlemores. I know I speak for most of Canada when I say we are beyond proud of this Alberta-born artist who's made so many lives brighter with her artistry in many fields. Everyone and everything I'd ever loved or who has ever come across my life in a meaningful way, I wish I could take all those acts of kindness and all those words of encouragement and all those moments when people took the time to throw their arm around my shoulder and to pick me up and tell me that it was going to be all right and to share a cup of coffee and just some encouraging words. I wish I could take all of that thoughtfulness and just tuck it away in my jacket pocket and, and always have it with me. And, and in a way we all do, but we forget that sea of goodness that we do receive in our lives. But in the rough times, you know, we're like, oh God, nothing good is ever gonna happen again. I feel so down and out, but you, you have that glass jar to look in and listen to and, and know that you do have people out there that support you and love you and care about you. And hopefully you can do that in kind. Now let's turn to K.D. Lang. Born a year before Jan, in Edmonton, Alberta, before her family moved to the small town of Consort when she was nine months old. Alberta is ripe. My relationship with Alberta is ripe. From a spiritual and aesthetic point of view, Alberta's minimalism, the prairies, the openness, the vastness, the emptiness, that all plays into my Buddhism and my artistic approach in general. K.D., who doesn't capitalize her initials as a tribute to the poet E.E. E. Cummings, creates music that transcends genre boundaries, and her voice is a beacon of inspiration. Katie Lang's album Ingenue featured the hit Constant Craving and brought her international acclaim. Her rendition of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah, which she performed at the opening ceremonies of the 2010 Olympics, won her a Grammy and showcased her extraordinary vocal talent. Katie shares about the experience of performing her interpretation of this song and how it felt to receive such widespread recognition for it. This was very special uh, to sing Leonard Cohen's song, who's Canadian. And, you know, I tried not to think about the three billion people watching <laughs> on TV. <laughs> hallelujah, 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 Katie's journey from Consort Alberta to international stardom is a story of breaking barriers and staying true to oneself. Her influence on the music industry is profound. She even coined a whole new genre, cowboy punk, with Rolling Stone magazine calling her Canadian cowpunk. Angel in the light. 
Katie shares about revolutionizing the music scene as a female artist with her own unique sound. I'm polyamorous when it comes to my loyalty with music. I'll just get turned on to something. Like in the early days, it was Patsy Cline, and I just went full bore into it. Like just listened to everything she ever made and just absorbed it all. And then it just came out of me. There'll be like some little spark, some little portal, and I'll be like, oh my God, jazz is so amazing. Or not that I can do all of it, because I know I can't, but as an observer and as a listener, I think that's where it all begins. Music, yeah, music. One of the greatest music events of all time was when Roy Orbison invited KD to join him on a duet of his classic, Crying. We were both a little tentative about doing Crying as a duet because it's more of a solo song, but it worked and I'm really glad. It was a real joy to sing with Roy. The recording won them a Grammy Award in 1989, and since, KD has collaborated with some of the biggest artists in the world, like Tony Bennett, Elton John, and Anne Murray. Both Jan Arden and Katie Lang have contributed immensely to the culture of Canada. Their art reflects their victories and challenges and also speaks to the transformative power of music. As an Albertan, I'm proud to have grown up in the same province as the two of them and have been personally inspired by their powerful stories and melodies. Know who you are. Be who you are. Stand firm in that belief. As we celebrate Jan Arden and Katie Lang, we recognize their immense contributions, not just to Alberta's music scene, but to the global tapestry of song. Their paths, marked by distinct voices and impactful narratives, remind us of the power of authenticity and the beauty of sharing one's journey through music. It's as important as water or sunshine. It's natural for us to express ourselves. Their experiences from the exhilarating moments of hearing their breakthrough songs on the radio to their ongoing influence in the music industry are testaments to their enduring legacies. Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.